looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. They certainly are Archer Park Racing. Go to their website, archerparkracing.com.au. Yearling sales just around the corner. They'll be buying up big and they want you to be part of it because, as they say, Archer Park Racing takes racing ownership to the next level. Well, we keep going to the next level with the Summer Carnival. Good day of racing at Dooman yesterday. That was the last league for the BRC. We now turn our attention, of course, to Aquas Park Gold Coast. Next Saturday, the Wave. The following Saturday, Magic Millions Race Day. It's all happening in the early part of January. Nathan Exelby joins me this morning. Nathan, good morning. Good morning, David. Uh, good morning, listeners. And again, uh, I know it sounds like a broken record, but it was a good day of racing yesterday. Yeah, it was. Um, quite a few hot pots went under, didn't they, um, as the day went on. But as you expect at this time of year, with, with the quality of horses we had there, there was some exciting racing and um, I would suggest some winners to come out in the next fortnight or so. And it just didn't, uh, or it didn't end with the last race because, of course, we went to Toowoomba last night for the inaugural King of the Mountain. Yellow Brick coming up, Trumps, ridden by Ben Thompson for Tony and Matty Sears and did the job in great fashion. We'll have a chat with Ben a little later in the program. Many guests coming up over the next three quarters of an hour or so, so thanks for your company. Well, let's go back to Dooman first up and we'll go to the, the group race, the Group 3 Vogue Plate. Counter Beans and Stroll... Uh, really cornered the market here. Counter Beans running the favourite, Stroll the second pick, and they had a pretty fierce encounter in running as well. Here's the replay. They slow up in the middle part now. Only seven lengths top end to tail. 600 left to Rana. Greylander the leader. 45-1-3 the first split. Not overly fast. Fashion Legend in second. Better Rain third. Ponka fourth. Stroll looking for the way clear. Then came Honky Tonk Diva. Counter Beans is trying to work into the clear now. McDonald starts to ride him along. But he gets into the clear and Stroll doesn't. In fact now Stroll pushes out and they make their runs together. Stroll got pushed back in again. Meanwhile Fashion Legend reached the lead. Ponka after it gamely. Counter Beans running on strongly. Stroll switches back to the inside. Fashion Legend in front. Short of 100 left to run. Counter Beans and Stroll trying hard. Fashion Legend in front. Hanging on. Fashion Legend beat Counter Beans and Stroll in an action-packed vote rogue. Ponka just behind them. Then a Katarina, followed by Better Rain. Well back, Storm the Fortress. Then came Honky Tonk Diva. And Greylander whipped them in in 119.03. Yeah, whether you call it hip, or, hip and shoulder or cat and mouse, Counter Beans and Stroll were... Uh, looking after each other back in the pack while Fashion Legend was sitting pretty up on speed and was very strong to the line to take out the Group 3 race. Richard Freeman, of course, trains with Will Freeman. And Richard, our first guest this morning. Good morning, mate. Congratulations. Thanks, David. It was good, wasn't it? I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure the more you watch it, you enjoy it even more. <laughs> exactly. What I couldn't work out is, and, and, you know, we never like to see betting ring drifts. I think in the morning when we previewed the, the meeting, he was around $8. He started $18. The market didn't like him at all. Oh, I thought that was extraordinary because I, 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 I took the shorter odds earlier because I, I quite fancied him yesterday and Will and I both sort of thought that he would be hard to beat given that he'd you know, been able to beat older horses at his last two starts. And that's no small thing to beat older horses. I, I think people undersell that a bit. It's it's hard to do uh, when you're only three years old, and he's you know he's not a mature one. So I thought the betting drift was extraordinary, and a couple of mates of mine rang me and said, "What's going on here?" And I said, "We'll go again." So they all went backed up again and had it on at the 18. 
that's a good result for everyone all around. Richard is only his <clears throat> second racing campaign. Did you have any lofty ambitions when he came back into work this time? We've always thought he, he was a talented horse, um, even from the time he won his first race. I know that race was, I think it was a Grafton, but it was a decent two-year-old race. A couple of horses from Queensland came down for that. And, you know, it, we, we thought he had a good, good ability from there. We were never really concerned about the, the two favourites being, you know, just superior to him. We always thought it was going to be, you know, a lot closer than that and a bit of luck in running might play its role. Um, you know, I thought the market totally sort of overreacted to that, you know, and singled out two horses that were, you know, as as history says now, weren't that dominant. But, um, you know, and, and it, it, look, I know today they'll all be saying, oh, well, they had a bumping duel and they were both unlucky. Yeah, it's, it, that's probably true to a degree, but you know, it's pretty easy when you go to the back of the field and loll around at the back of the field and then have to make one run. He had to run a sub-11 furlong to get to the position he got to early in the race and then had to kick again and then had, you know, got to the lead at the top of the straight and had to hold them all off all the way down the straight. No easy feat. Just looking at his record, he's now won four from seven. I noticed he had five barrier trials before he made his debut on the Kenzo back in late June, and they were in three different periods. What was the background there? Oh, look, he's just an immature horse, and we'd, we'd get him up to trials, and, you know, he'd, he'd trial, and he still had things to learn, and then he probably needed a spell after that. So it was just one of those periods where we just kept getting him to a level and then stopping because he was too immature. But since we got into racing, I think, you know, having only had the seven starts and won four of them, I think that sort of speaks to the fact that he is, he is a tough racehorse. He does have a crack. Ben Thompson's given you two 10 out of 10 rides. He's right at Eagle Farm. was outstanding to get to the spot he did from a tricky gate. And then he, he really took the race by the scruff of the neck yesterday again, didn't he? Yeah, it wasn't by instruction either. He, we, we thought he might be better suited just coming back a little bit and finding a spot. But, you know, Ben took that upon himself. He thought, he's jumped well. You know, I can, I can get to a forward spot. I think I'll do it. And he just took the bull by the horns himself and it worked out well. Now, that can always blow up in your face, but uh, that's the nature of, I think, talented jockeys is when they believe they're right, they do it. The Guineas is in two weeks' time. We were talking about disrespect in the market. You were happy with that. Well, I think you should be happy with this disrespect again. $26, (laughs) that seems to me a generous price for a horse who's in red-hot form. I think they've been, you know, generous about him. You know, you get some of these horses that the, the punters or... I think it's more the punters than the bookies. Bookies only react to what punters want to do. But, you know, they, they don't embrace. And, you know, they're, OK, $26, I'll probably have something on him again. Can't let you go without asking about BJ Smith. He, he takes great pride in the success of the, the horses that you send up here. And, and this guy's sort of stayed here, hasn't he, since the, the previous Eagle Farm win? Yeah, we do that a bit. We, we send them up often on a Wednesday night to BJ. They arrive on the Thursday morning and BJ, you know, basically just has to get them through to the race and get them to the races. And that works, you know, pretty well. Our strike rate's pretty high. But the ones we've left with BJ, he's also done a, you know, wonderful job with. He, you know, he's just old and experienced. Doesn't like me saying he's old, but <laughs> he's, he's very experienced. And he, and he just knows how to get one back to its best. And, you know, we don't give him, a, you know, a lot of instruction, you know. He's, he's far too experienced for that. We just leave it to him and 
we talk about the horses during the week and, you know, we just come to a conclusion on where they should run and, you know, only in general how they should be working. This one might be, you know, needing it a bit lighter, he's a bit soft or she's a bit soft. And, uh, you know, it seems to work. He loves a post-race interview, but I tell you what, he loves a presentation. He got that yesterday. <laughs> he grabbed the microphone by the scruff of the neck and away he went. He's 81 going on 17, honestly. I've never seen a man in such rejuvenated form. Ah, uh, no, look, but don't underestimate PJ's, you know, capabilities. And I'm sure you don't. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, anyone who knows anything about racing, they don't uh, underestimate him. He's been a great trainer and he is a great trainer. Yes. And, um, you know, we're very lucky that we've got this relationship with him. But he does like a presentation. And I don't know, I think it's, it's. Uh, I'm not sure how many trophies actually make it over the border. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, he also likes a, a little present for what he does. And, and oh, yeah. we, we certainly, uh, we look after him when, and he deserves it. He'll probably say, don't come up for the magic millions. I, I can look after it. You don't have to be there on the day. Well, that's that's largely true. I will be there on the day, by the way. <laughs> that's, um, but that's largely true. You, you know, with someone like BJ on the team, it's uh, we don't have to we don't have to worry about those things. We know we've got someone who's absolutely a, a veteran and an expert at his job. You buying at the sales? Uh, yeah, I think we will. I think you have to. If you and Rachel's trainer, you've got to have horses to train. <laughs> so uh, we'll be buying up there. Good to talk to you, mate. Congratulations on yesterday. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, it's always good to be on a, a Sunday morning when you've trained a decent winner the day before. Never hesitate. <laughs> talk soon. There he is. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. Richard Freeman yeah. joining us. Uh, look, uh, he's doing nothing wrong, Nathan, is he, fashion legend? No, he's not. And <clears throat> only like the race, so he's got more upside. I, <clears throat> I'm surprised he's still that price. That you that you gave out, David, twenty six dollars. Some of the ones ahead of him, like you, you know, Stroll sitting there at fifteen. Well, you know, I'm sort of not sure you make a case to say she's going to turn the tables on him from yesterday. I didn't, didn't feel I'm bumping jewel aside. I'm not sure she attacked the line at the thirteen fifty, so going to fourteen hundred. So um, that does surprise me. The twenty six dollars, yes. Mm. And yeah, I think yesterday when we spoke, um, <laughs> you go fashion legend a chance. You put it in third. Yeah, it was eight dollars fifty. When we did the preview yesterday, an SP at eighteen dollars. Uh, we've, we've mentioned Stroller. You've mentioned Stroll. Counter Beans. Um, you know, got involved in that encounter. I don't know whether that cost him victory or not. The margin was ahead, but the only thing about Counter Beans, we keep saying this excuse, that excuse. And to be fair, he's only won the one race. Yeah, I think Connections felt that um, the bump. It did sort of cost him, but the fact is now he's been beaten four times as favourite. So I'd suggest that he's just not quite the furnished product yet, and, and when he comes back next time around, that he will start to win races because the ability is there. There's just no doubt about that. But um, he's just not quite the finished product yet. Well, he's the sort of horse he, he could go to a Class 1. and uh, yeah, that's right. And, and, and to be fair, could, could give him a good confidence booster. But mm. anyway, that's another story. Fashion legend heads towards the... Magic Millions Guineas in two weeks' time. Another horse heading to Magic Millions Day, courtesy of its winner of the buffering, was Emerald Kingdom. This is a great story. Let's have a listen to the race.
Emerald Kingdom loves to lead. He's travelling strongly in front. 600 left to run. And he ran that first split in a pretty comfortable 44-44. He leads Taxu by two. And he starts to build on the revs now. Third coming to the turn. Brigantine being asked to go. Zucchina is hunting the rail. Then Rabamos, King of Hastings. Sea Raider Zethus. You called it a mile back. And then came Horn. And in the straight, Emerald Kingdom in full flight leads the way. Taxu getting about his business. Then Brigantine. Rabamos, you called it down the outside. Emerald Kingdom is still the leader. Emerald Kingdom is still the leader. 100 left to run. They're not going to catch him. He's first out and first home. Emerald Kingdom first. Rabamos up for second. Third, I'd say you called it. Brigantine every chance in fourth. Then came Taksu Zethus, King of Hastings, followed by Zucchina, Haunted, and Sea Raider last in 118.21. Emerald Kingdom, Gunawo. It's a great story. Let's, uh, and let's uh, uh, expand on it. And no better to do it than the trainer, Desley Forster, who's our next guest here on Past the Post. Desley, good morning. Congratulations. Uh, morning, guys. Morning, nice. Did you have a late night or not? Tell me the truth. I uh, did. Yeah, so did I. I didn't think I would, <laughs> and I did. I'm feeling the effects now. But you might be feeling the effects, but you're also feeling the effects of victory. Uh, great performance yesterday. But, uh, again, we've told the story a few times, but just for the listeners who... Not quite sure of the background. Just tell us how you came to get Emerald Kingdom and all of these people involved in it. Um, so he went online in the Magic Man through the Magic Man's um, on, online auction, just a monthly sale, and seen him there and uh, brought him and thought, oh well, if I don't sell him, I'm happy to keep him myself. But um, once everyone sort of wandered, everyone ran and wanted chairs, and yes, yeah, so I had no trouble in selling him at all. Uh, that, he had his first start for you back in September and you've managed to get eight starts into him in that time. So it speaks for his, his toughness, but also the way you've managed him. And, and like, you, you send him out, um, out, of, out of the stable after a run, don't you, Desley? Uh, yeah, we were. Um, so we, we mainly bought him to target the Wheatwood and mm. it went very pear-shaped um, in the Wheatwood. So, look, he usually goes out and has a week, but... Um, when the races are three weeks, 21s, I usually send him out. But because there's only two weeks to the millions, um, he'll stay in the stables and, yeah, just keep ticking over now for the next two weeks until the millions. Brody Loy um, executed the, the ride well yesterday. Desley, you know the horse better than anyone else, but just calling the race, when they jumped away straight to the lead, nothing coming near him. And it was like they just they crawled through the first part. I said, how is this horse going to get beaten? So... Obviously, for yourself, well, you can answer the question. You were pretty confident all the way around. Well, I was very confident going there yesterday. Simple reason is, two weeks ago he had sixty-one kilos. Mm. Yesterday dropped back to fifty-seven. Um, he gave you call seven kilos, and it's only beating four lengths. You know what I mean? So, like, it's a big weight, usually, big weight turn around, and meeting all those horses on sort of even weights. It was just sort of like it's not as if he's been. Like, he's been racing the best horses around. I mean, he's been racing up in the elite level. And like, nothing against the horses yesterday. Like, they're some nice horses there. But when they get down in 57 and those horses, and they they didn't look to be much speed, and there looked to be no speed, only away from Takas. And once they left him alone in front, you knew it was always going to be hard to get past him. And Desley, David mentioned Brody Lloyd took the ride yesterday. I thought there was a nice moment a, a little later in the day with, with Jimmy Byrne, who, who gave a shout-out to you after he, he won the nudgy and um, conceded that he, he got it wrong. Yeah, exactly. So he, Jimmy Rowe, like Jimmy, has been riding him, and 
He just thought, he just, oh, well, I think everyone's thought the same thing. He, like, Jimmy wasn't on his own. He went very bad last start. But, as I said, like, um, for some reason, when my theory is, and when horses saw that they can carry 60 kilos and win races, and they seem to be able to quicken. But when they sort of get 61, when they're really carrying 62 kilos, they seem to travel okay, but they just don't seem to be able to quicken up. They just sort of, they look a bit flat and a bit doughy late. They don't seem to go to the line as well. And I just put that down to, yeah, he had a big weight, and I think that's just put it down to that, you know what I mean? So, look, Jimmy was, he said to me, look, there's DC, went too bad, and I sort of said to Jim, I said, look, give him a chance, and he, so, and he got offered to ride on King and McFarser, and um, Brody's been riding a bit of work for me, and I said to Brody, is Holyfield going to that race? He said, no, he's going straight to the me, and I said, well, do you want to ride this horse? And he said, yeah, I'd love to, and he jumped straight at the chance. Now, did you do the job extremely well. Um, it's uh, racing's about uh, roller coaster rides, uh, swings and roundabouts, ups and downs. You lost Apache Chase as far as a racing proposition was concerned. It's amazing, isn't it? Like how you know ordinary things were a couple of weeks ago, and, and yesterday on a real high. So it's it's a, an amazing game, the racing game, isn't it? Yeah, look, um, up until two weeks ago, Nate, I had um, Dave, I had. It was been a super season, like been a wonderful season until about two weeks ago. Like, look, it's been a couple, a tough couple of weeks, but um, like Apache's going to be okay. It's going to be a bit of a long road for him, but he's going to be okay, and he hopefully he can live a normal life and that. But as I said, Emerald Kingdom um, picked up the stable spirit yesterday, all the staff, and so made everything like, no, it's not going to, it's going to be a lot different without Apache there. But as I said. We'll get on with it and hopefully we can find a nice one during the millions, do you know what I mean? Good news there that you said that he's, he's likely to be okay, Apache Chase. Just document for listeners what actually happened in that operation. Um, so he, <coughs> he um, damaged the uh, inside testimony on, on his near front. Um, so, like, just shattered it. Um, so they went in and they screwed it. They put a number of screws and a plate in it. And um, just most of the time they usually put casts, but at the moment they've only got him heavily bandaged. And look, he, he seems okay. He's going to have a couple of ups and down days, and like um, he'll be bright and that. But once he, the good thing about it now is they said he's relaxing. He's he's laying down a lot more, so which is great news. And taking the weight off his good leg. So it's always when they have operations, they get. Um, Laminitis in the on the good leg because they're taking all the weight from the bad leg, but they're very happy with him. And hopefully, as I said, um, still got a little way to go yet, but at the moment everything's looking very well. We we look at horses' form either through the form guides or we we watch the videos. We forget sometimes they're actually animals as well. This horse, Emerald Kingdom, and you'd probably remember this, Desley, when when Rob Heathcote trained him early on in his career. He was a bit of a head case in the enclosure. He had to go to the barrier stalls, you know, well before the other horses. But now he, he seems uh, totally relaxed. Is that right? Yeah, no, look, um, so we spend a lot of time on him and, like, um, we staff and that, we work overtime on him. We, we just like to, um, like you say, he's a happy horse and we just sort of like letting him do what he wants to do at the races. And, um, like I said... I don't know, he might have got older and settled down, but I said, um, we've had no issues with him. We've, 
like yesterday, he was just a normal horse yesterday at the races. He just went to the races, relaxed, walked around the mounting yard, went out in the truck with all the other horses, and, and he just raced accordingly. Like yesterday, he usually has a pulling bowl on. Yesterday, I just took all the pulling gear off him and just left the normal rubber bit on him yesterday. And as Brody, I said, fair enough, nothing took him on. But I said, he doesn't go hard. He's a happy horse. Maybe he's got older and learned to settle now, but... Um, Hopefully, haven't jinxed ourselves for two weeks' time, but look, he's a happy horse, and we just let him do what he wants to do. And as I said, he's a beautiful old horse around the stable. Good on you, Desley. Congratulations. Uh, I recall the day chapter and verse one at the at the millions with a big team of owners, and I'm sure there's going to be a big team again with Emerald Kingdom uh, struts his stuff uh, in a fortnight's time. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good day. There she is, Desley Forster, who uh, has had. Uh, a share of ups and downs over the past few weeks, losing Apache Chase as far as a racing proposition is concerned, but they've saved him, and she's done a great job with Emerald Kingdom, Nathan. Yeah, look, I'll be frank, <clears throat> David. I thought he might have been hard to place at this stage of his career um, when they went into him because, you know, he won those good races, and uh, they're not easy to place, but she's managed to find, you know, she, but the day one with, with Jasmine Cornish in the, in the saddle, obviously really well-weighted with the three-kilo claim that day. Uh, he carried the big weight at the Gold Coast, and then the set weights and penalties were, were right in his favour there yesterday. So, no, congratulations to everyone involved, and then and there's some really good people who've gone into into this horse, and I'm I'm thrilled for them. He earns all applauds because he did it from start to finish, and out of the beat <coughs> division, I think they all sort of had every chance. But I would say that you called it ran particularly well, went back from the wide gate, uh, then set a task as such. But I, I thought it still ran really well under the circumstances. Yeah, he's gone enormous. So he's not a Magic Minions horse, so you won't see him in two weeks' time. But whether they wait another two weeks for that Sunshine Coast Cup, the way he's going, you'd think that he's um, probably hard to beat in a race like that if they want to keep pressing on or, or pull up stumps. And next time around, he'll, he'll be a, a carnival contender. He's really been a revelation through the summer. We had James McDonald and Jamie Carr there yesterday. Uh, didn't play well for them. Uh, James rode the favourite here, Brigantine, and looked to have every possible. Gwen Munsey made a comment on Sky yesterday which sort of resonated with me. I think it was uh, in terms of, might have been Brigantine, he said you're paying the JMAC tax there. And some of these horses he rode yesterday, gosh, they started, I would suggest, ridiculously short. It's easy to say that once they've been beaten. But you know, to get to $2.10 Brigantine, that just shocked me. And then uh, given that he hadn't ridden a winner, I guess punters were going the law of averages in the last and Kiku into $3. Like, that was terribly short for her by, by jump time as well. So when you go count the beans, 220. There's definitely something in that that um, the McDonald's mounts, and, and rightly so because he is the best. Mm. But I think some of those ones yesterday got to ridiculous odds. Yeah, we, we discussed that very point with Brad Davidson a couple of Saturdays ago and I, I said, you know, is there the McDonald factor baked into the price? And... And he does a lot of form, a lot of analysis, and, and, and he's of the same belief. Anyway, it is what it is. Let's press on, and we'll go to the listed nudgy for the Phillies and Mares. Big field here. And as Nathan pointed out, Kiku was heavily backed. Down the side, 700 left to run. Centerfire crosses, leads Barossa Rosa. Sneaky Page, third Enterprise, Pom fourth. Then Juan Diva, followed near the inside by Lasso Air. Single Desire and that bunch, Kiku, is on the way forward. Only four to five off them. Getting dangerously close as they come to the turn. Glorious Ruby was even wider. On straightening, the leader was Centerfire from Barossa Rosa on the outside. Juan Diva being called upon. He's feeling for Kiku now. She's trying to respond. Glorious Ruby and Sneaky Five right down the outside. Barossa 
Marossa Rosa at any old odds. Dash to a clear lead. They've got to try and catch Marossa Rosa, who's often gone with the prize. Here's Salatine, screaming home late. Marossa Rosa in front. Salatine went to it. Photo. Barossa Rosa or Salatine, and not sure about third. Enterprise Pom Najmani. Wide a sneaky five. Kiku one, even not far away. At last, so where? Near the inside. They're followed then by Miss Barty, Euro Bell, Miss Hipstar. Well back was Sneaky Page and Single Desire out towards the tail, bar one. And that was Glorious Ruby in a tight one. It was a tight one, but Barossa Rosa got the judges' nod, beating Salatine. Jim Byrne was the rider. He joins us. Jim, good morning. Good day at the office yeah. yesterday. Did you, did you think you'd won? Yeah, look, to be honest, um, Salatine put a pretty good lunge in at us. Probably 10 metres before the line, I thought I was still going to hold on. And obviously, you know, you just have to wait for the photo in the end. So, um, you know, it was just one of those things. I, I think uh, Salatine was really running at us late and we had to do a bit of work, so you were unsure, but quite quietly confident. She was a good first-up winner in Sydney, Jim. Uh, how did you come to pick up the ride on her yesterday? Uh, well, well, actually, um, originally, um, uh, XA Lady was going to go for that race, so... Uh, I didn't actually know that to start with. I actually thought XA Lady was going down a different path. Um, they called us up and, and, and we booked uh, booked her and sure enough, XA Lady went out for a spell and um, we ended up uh, having him to jump, you know, call him back and uh, jump back on. So it was like a, a little bit of a mix-up, uh, miscommunication on our part. And, uh, it was just very, very lucky that I was able to... Um, uh, still stay on her, so it was a good result. And no fluke about the win either. She she raced on speed and she put a gap of them in the in the early middle part of the straight and, and held on to win. So she's you know, relatively lightly raced. She's a five year old, but she's only had the nineteen starts. Yeah, she generally just drifts back a little bit more than in the, in the field. Uh, she showed good good uh, gusto out of the machines at Randwick and, and put herself into a good position, a winning position early on and. Travelled into it nice into the straight and she let down very strong and was very strong through the line. Uh, yesterday, Tracy and I had a good talk prior to the race and discussing how the race may pan out. And it was obviously a very awkward draw that we had. And, um, you know, it was uh, first thing I said to Tracy was, "It's a long way to go home to, um, you know, ride for luck. If we if we go back, it's just liable to be uh, we're liable to be luckless and and and." You know, you go home, basically, you know, kicking the cat sort of scenario. So why don't we just chance our hand and hopefully, uh, you know, I was going to be comfortable with three deep with cover and I just couldn't find cover. So I just selected just to continue on. As soon as the tempo mid-race, around about the half mile, they kind of backed it down just that little bit. And it was a fairly even sort of tempo. Um, it wasn't it wasn't overly fast for a race of that nature. And um, I ended up just letting it roll up outside centre fire and, I thought to myself at the at the at the 500. Well, I've done a fair bit of work here. Or, you know, the only thing I can do is hope that I can find a good kick when I when I want to kick. Um, and sure enough, she did. And you know, she showed a lot of guts going all the way through the line. Um, you know, the first out of the first four placings, uh, you know, three of them were were worse than midfield. So it was very difficult. Uh, you know, they, it, it was a very difficult for her to win. And, and you know, it just showed her tenacity. You were forced to cover ground on her, but <clears throat> you took the shortcuts on Irish Playboy, and another horse that you were getting on for the, the first time yesterday. 
Yeah, I had a good talk to Boris prior to it. Um, one thing he did tell me that uh, the horse can can drop the bridle and, and, and actually be a little bit lethargic in the run and, and, and you've got to constantly just niggle at him a little bit. And I was able to... I actually wanted to be midfield and probably on Big Boy uh, Big Boy Roy's back. And uh, early on, I'm thinking, oh, well, they're running out of the straight the first time. All I can do is just ride the fence. And uh, because they were they were going threes and fours out of the straight the first time and uh, I just put it down on the fence and, and basically just rode the fence as long as I could and um, I was wanting the gaps to come a little bit earlier. Um, Street Dancer was getting a nice run outside me and uh, sure enough, as soon as Street Dancer started to make its run, I had to look for look for runs and I, got, I was able to get a run and, and uh, the horse really shot through nice and uh, obviously the horse had... Horse had uh, Chance, uh, I should say, had a couple of couple of uh, runs over that journey before and hadn't hadn't really showed up. So uh, I didn't want to make my move too early, but obviously when the runs come, you've got to take take the ones that are presented. And uh, especially at that time of the race, I thought the horse accelerated really well through the run and uh, was strong through the line. So it was a good win. You couldn't win on King of Hastings in the buffering, but if you couldn't win, I'm sure you were happy to see your old mate Desley win with Emerald Kingdom. Yeah, I was in for honestly. Um, uh, look, uh, you know, it's just a bad call by myself. I, I, I was quite disappointed with his effort. I know he had 61 the other day when I rode him, and I was I, I was disappointed with him. I, I I thought that he he showed no uh, real fight to the line. Um, but you know, again, jockeys can get it wrong, and, and we get it wrong often. And, um, you know, I was just over the moon for her. She's um, worked so hard. Even last night, you know, I, I was having a quick, quiet beer with her after after I got back. And, you know, she'll be up this morning. She would have already done the horses. She works so hard. So it's well-deserved. And, and, you know, I couldn't have been happier for her. Would have loved to have been on him. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I couldn't have been happier for her. Nice words. Thanks for joining us, mate. Good on you, boys. Jimmy Byrne joining us uh, this morning. Writing, of course, Barossa Rosa for Tracy Bartley and also Irish Playboy. Let's have a listen to Irish Playboy's win. 600 metres left to run. They ran the first 1,400 in 126.54. Pancho's still in control from a deal of humour, who's being felt for Big Boy Roy third, waiting for the way clear. Then came Tears of Love, Street Dancer on the way forward. Linthorpe Land is trying to bust into the open spaces, and he did so now. They fanned around the men. 300 left to run. Pancho tackled by a deal of humour. Tears of Love up outside the pair. Big Boy Roy can't get a run. Street Dancer, he's now crunching them, and Linthorpe Land running on gamely. Irish Playboy also up on the inside. Irish Playboy shooting the gap went to Street Dancer and Linthorpe Land Irish Playboy went home too well and beat home Street Dancer Linthorpe Land third, photo fourth either London Banker, Big Boy Roy or Reflect the Stars then Tears of Love, Arameo, Pancho knocked up and a deal of humour out towards the tail in 22.18 Nathan, except for that run last week which was lacklustre uh, on face value uh, John Smyrna's done a terrific job with Irish Playboy yeah, he has, and it's interesting, as Jim said, he'd failed twice at the trip previously, but he's out of the Queensland Oaks when a scarlet lady, so he is mm. bred to get that sort of trip, and um, you know, maybe the, the, the weight was the, 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 the deciding factor last week, having the 59.5 there last week, but he was a different horse yesterday, wasn't he? That was his eighth win from start 29, so he's not overly raised for a rising seven-year-old. 
Well, of course, the Magic Millions uh, two-year-old is on in two weeks' time, so we're getting to the nitty-gritty, the pointy end of things. We had a, a four-horse field of the two-year-old yesterday, and Sovereign Fund was the odds-on favourite. Let's listen to the replay. So there's no tempo on at all. It is going to be a sprint home. 700 left to run. Sovereign Fund looking to go back-to-back -back after winning on debut. Wyong has had a very cruisy first 600 metres. Cruisy, all right. 37.18. No excuse in the world. If he happened to be beaten, he leads from Mashani Renegade. Risky investment. Sun Source about to come three. Why? McDonald riding him along the second favourite to try and gain an impression on this leader, Sovereign Fund, who now begins to sprint hard and fast down below the 300. He whipped away. Mashani Renegade couldn't go with him. Then Risky investment. Sun Source, he's got a very extravagant action, but he's not making uh, any ground whatsoever. And Sovereign Fund, hands and heels, nicely clear. Off to the Magic Millions in a fortnight, and it was an easy one. All the way, Sovereign Fund first. Mashani Renegade held down second. Sun Source could only run third and risky investment last home in 110.35, home in 33.14. Paul Snowden joins us now to talk about Sovereign Fun. And, Paul, as you join us, the, the one feature about this horse, the win at Wyong and the win yesterday, two from two, having spoken to your dad earlier in the week and, and, and heard you, you, yourself as well, is that the fact that this horse has somewhat surprised you. He's, uh, he's exceeding expectations. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, yeah, he, he, that's pretty much in a nutshell what it, what it was all about. He's, he was very new and raw and immature in, in between other runners. Um, if you go back to his first trial uh, in September, um, he got tight up on the fence and he, he just got straight out of there and just um, he was tailed off. Um, this, this preparation, we um, we concentrate on the fact to sort of try and mend those, those little, little errors that he has in his game and um, certainly seen an impact there straight away with a little bit of gear that we tinkered with and ultimately wears blinkers on race day. But just I think the horse has just got a lot of confidence and, he's, and he certainly knows what he's there to do now. So it's um, you know, certainly coming together quite nicely. You talk about that first trial, Paul. Obviously, he didn't have a huge amount of time off after that. How do you make the call whether or not a horse like him needs a lot longer or you just ease up a little bit and then still give yourself a chance for the, the January Magic Minions? That's the thing. That's the beauty of just having a t like he's just a two-year-old. He's a classic two-year-old type, and he he wasn't good enough. You got to trial well in that set of trials to go to the Breeders' Plate. And obviously, yep. you know, he didn't trial well enough, and and to to warrant to be going to a race like that. So he only had a little break um, physically and mentally. He was fine. Um, it's just more about just obviously just escalating that that education process and. Like I said, we put him in some vulnerable positions in training and, and in trials in the lead-up to his first prep, uh, his first start at Wyong and always just kept seeing um, the horse getting more comfortable in himself than around other horses. So it's just um, it's come very quickly to him and a lot of horses certainly take you know, different time to sort of mend these ways. But he's, um, yeah, he's, he's certainly surprised just how quickly he's, he's pulled himself together. Day by day, you uh, reassess, reassess with these young horses because things can change very quickly. But are you still of the opinion that Empire of Japan is the top seed for you? Um, <clears throat> look, all, all this will determine, I think, when the barriers come out, Dave. I think um, they're, they're pretty much an even lot. Um, a little bit of a, a cut cloth on last year's two-year-old level. And I think, obviously, Luck and Running and Barrage is certainly going to play a major role to who wins this race in a fortnight. So... I think um, all we can do is, is we're, we're impressed with our, our two colts or three colts and Godfather as well, just going forward and obviously getting into the race is one thing, but now they've got to sort of put their hand up and go to another level and perform and try and win, win the race, which is, um, you know, it can be beyond a few of them in the past and they've struggled, but hopefully these three have had the perfect preparation to do that. 
Well, there was a fair bit of discussion about the, the jockey situation yesterday with <clears throat> James McDonald riding the, the Victorian horse. Are you any closer to sorting out who's riding your trio in the Magic Millions? Yeah, so Ben Mellon stays with Godfather. Um, Jamie stays on Sovereign Fund and James rides um, in Project Ben. Good as gold, all locked in. Good on you, Paul. Thanks for being with us this morning. All right. Thank you, guys. Paul Snowden joining us. And uh, a, a nice, comfortable hit out for that horse yesterday. A perfect lead up to the, the big dance in two weeks, Nathan. He looks the right type, doesn't he? Because we saw him on debut sitting behind them and, and put them away. And then yesterday <clears throat> he was able to just settle very comfortably on a, a walking tempo, as you outlined in the call, and then produce a big section. Like the overall time is pretty respectable, isn't it? The, mm. the one ten and change, um, given how slow they went <clears throat> went early. So um, <clears throat> I'm certainly thinking that he's right there and almost entitled to be top seed, given that the other two went under last week in Sydney. And, and, and further to that, David, all the form behind him at Wyong's working out, isn't it? There's two horses come out of that race at Wyong and one of the races in Sydney the last two Saturdays. So, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see when, with any, whether or not any of those ones in the market will look to go to the Gold Coast this Saturday because we know that formula has worked so well over the past decade, the, the quick backup into a Magic Millions. Let's check the latest market on the Magic Millions. Empire of Japan, $5. Sovereign Fund, 6 So Snowden's 1-2 in the betting. Platinum, Jubilee of the Novelist at 7. The uh, Waterhouse Bot Pair, Empress of Wonder at 9. And Miss Cooter's still in the market there at $9. Fire Lane and Infatuation at 11. Of course, Infatuation winning at Randwick yesterday. We're drawing to a close in Past the Post. Let's go to the big race in Toowoomba last night. This was the inaugural running of the King of the Mountain. Here's the replay. As they climb the famous Clifford Park Hill, coming down past the 650, and it's steady, ready in front, leading the charge by three parts of a length over Yellow Brick, the outside of Argyle Lane. Then came Alpine Edge, and also Chatty Lady, who's been put off the bit. Simply fly the fence. Northern Express is next. Jay Sweet Bell's coming into the picture, but it's four and five deep on the bend. Nick and Over is next of all, straightening up for the run of the judge at the 270. Steady, ready in front, but Yellow Brick. Claims it on the outside. Alpine Edge is coming at the pair. It's Yellow Brick in front. Alpine Edge is grinding away. Yellow Brick in front. Yellow Brick is the king of the mountain. Yellow Brick beating home. In second was Alpine Edge lining up there for third. We've got them everywhere. We've got getting through late. There was last chance and steady ready. And also Argyle Lane. Yes, Yellow Brick winning. Um... We get it wrong a lot of times, but I got this one right. I saw this horse trial of doom and live and backed it at $12, and I got the money. Ben Thompson, you're a good man. Good morning. <laughs> well done, David. Yeah, good morning. And what about this, though? When the barrier drill came out, I was a little bit concerned. In the end, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but it was all so easy, wasn't it? Straight outside leader, the way you went. Yeah, it, it, turned, out, it turned out perfectly. And obviously, as you know, you need it. You need a, a, the right horse and, and a good horse to to be able to do it. But he's um, he's obviously shown great pace in his in his five starts before yesterday. It was albeit like he's been a notable leader. Um, it, though especially let's say his last three wins, um, his midweek win at the Sunny Coast and then his two Saturday wins. In all all three races, he he led, but he was never contested for the lead. Like he pretty much landed in front. Um, in races that, that really lacked a leader on those days. So taking on older, 
um, exposed, experienced horses and, and quality horses. I always saw with like myself and Tony and Madison and the team were a bit sort of unsure of how well where or where he'd travel comfortably. I was confident that'd be in the first four, um, but obviously he found his way up, sitting second um, comfortably, and and showed his yeah his brilliance late. You should enjoy that spot of being in David's good book spins because it can turn around very quickly from um, from past experience. Um, I was surprised. Well, I was surprised the, the trial that David referred to. You don't see Tony and Maddie Sears turn up to Brisbane to, to trial a horse, and this was something that you suggested to to the camp that might be a good idea for the horse just to have a day out uh, as as a good lead up into the King of the Mountain. Yeah, it was um, obviously you know Tony and and Madison. It was still their their decision to come, but. I um, it was probably a combination of two things. I, I, I thought that just you know, like just watching what other trainers do um, from like uh, the, the, the Hayes camp, Kieran Mars and and Darren Weir uh, when he was at, at you know going and he was at the peak of his powers, they they were forever you know taking their horse to trials, and it wouldn't matter whether it was at you know to. Um, let's say Werribee, like when Pleasanton, Pleasanton mix their trials up, take them to Werribee, or Darren Weir take us to Avoca, Byron Beat, anywhere all over the state, and good horse in that. And I just think, you know, it, it seemed as though just the experience and taking a horse away and um, can, you know, and sometimes give them a real benefit. And um, I thought that could be the case with him. He's, he he could have trialled it at Toowoomba that day. Uh, I think there was jump outs that day, or that week anyway, but. I thought it could have been, you know, obviously if they were happy to, uh, advantageous to take him away from home, give him a float trip and, and just being out of his comfort zone and um, and obviously taking on, you know, really taking on uh, a different class of horses than what, what are in his backyard. And it was good. He was able to take on, you know, a, a good, albeit a field of five. He took on uh, some nice three-year-olds in that trial. Um, and the, the second point being that I, I love, love sitting on his back. So it, it took all the boxes for him to come down. Well, here's an interesting position. Yesterday at Doomman, you partnered fashion legend to win the, the Vaux Rogue, the three-year-old race, who's going to the Magic Minions Guineas. You partnered Yellow Brick to win the inaugural King of the Mountain, who's going to the Magic Minions Guineas. Which one are you riding? Yeah, I've, uh, I've locked in Yellow Brick for the, for the Guineas. He's, um, obviously, it wasn't, it wasn't a decision I had. It was a decision I had to make quickly. Um, uh, obviously, it's only it's two weeks from the race, and, and so... Uh, Richard, Will Friedman, and, and Bonho uh, can obviously uh, find a find a new rider for for Fashion Legend. And albeit I, I only had sort of till till this morning to to make that decision. It it wasn't it wasn't easy by any stretch. And um, obviously both obviously the, the yellow brick last night. He, he's he won Super. He's won four in the trot, and he, he ticks a lot of boxes. But you know, a horse like Fashion Legend, he runs the trip out so strong. He's beat older horses over fourteen hundred. Beat a a solid, a solid crop of three-year-olds yesterday, and I'm sure he's, he's on an upward spiral at all. So uh, it wasn't an easy decision, but obviously it's a, it was a great, a very, very fortunate position to be in, and um, hopefully I've made the right one. Give us a, an, an indication of what the atmosphere was like up there at Toowoomba last night, Ben, because obviously so much hype about this, this new race, and there was a lot of excitement, certainly with people on the Darling Downs, and you were right in the thick of it. It was unreal. To be honest, it was... So I thought like, for, for an inaugural running of a race, and the weather was kind of like, hey, we're in, you know, we're in Queensland and it's summer, but it was still pretty windy, 
Um, they tell you what, like to, to Clifford Park Racing Queensland and the sponsors, they done a done a super job, and and it was packed. Like I've, I'm um, obviously a, I'd only so the, the bigger day, just comparing it to a like to Wimber Cup uh, slash Wheatwood Day and whatnot, it was it was a bigger crowd and, and the atmosphere was electric. I I got out of the races um, shortly after the last race of the night, but just sort of seeing clips and whatnot on um, on social media, the party seemed to really start once I left. So if <laughs> last night's anything to go by, I'm sure this this is this race is going to be a huge success and, and something that goes from strength to strength. Well, I said at the start, you're in my good books because I backed a $12 winner that you rode, but see, I'm never happy. Tip me a winner today. <laughs> Come on. Uh, well, hopefully, tell it. Hopefully, um, uh, yesterday's good luck and and whatnot can flow onto today. It's um, I've got I've got five rides out there today. I think my my best rides uh, look to be um, in race race four. It is Enterprise Jewel for Stephen O'Day and Matt Hoisted. She's first up, but she's um. She her three runs have been nice, she, and she got she got better in each run that she had. So she's she's drawn low. It's a big field, but obviously you always have to respect the the O'Day and Hoisted stable, and um, uh, also have Chase and Artie later in the day for Les Kelly, who's dropping back in class. He comes back to seventy two grade and and in provincial company after being beaten less than four lengths, or I think three and a half lengths to Sue Sayer and two and a half lengths to Elberk. So. That reads really well, and I think if he can, um, if he can replicate those last two runs, he, he's hopefully going close. I've got the gun at your head. I don't want to pull the trigger. Which one out of the two? Come on. <laughs> uh, if I, if I, you know what, David, if I choose one, if I choose one, it'll probably be the other. So I believe it. Just tell me which bit. one you think's the best. <laughs> no, I, I can't split them. Honestly, mm. Hope, hopefully both, are, hopefully both are getting the chocolates. I've got to have two bets then. <laughs> well, I can afford to because I won yesterday. Good on you, mate. A wonderful end to 2022, winning by day and winning by night. Congratulations. Thank you very much, David. Thanks, Nathan. Cheers, Ben. There is Ben Thompson, and he did have a great day, Nathan. Now, were you smart enough also to take the $34 about yellow brick in the Magic Millions Guineas prior to last night? No, I'm not that, I'm not that smart. Like, I, I did, at least I'll say this, I did say that it was ridiculous. 34 him and 11 soothsayer, and he's He's towed up Soothsayer, and now they're back to 11. I would say he's still over the odds in the Magic Millions Guineas, David. That was an outstanding performance. Mm. You line that up with the weight for age scale last night. He had a massive weight for a three-year-old um, against, you know, a horse like Alpine Edge is obviously back in form, and we, we know him as a reasonable stick. Look at the time he's run there last night. A second quicker than Roman Aureus, broke the track record. We know he runs 1,400 on his ear. I just think, gosh, he's got to be the... I think he's got to be the one to beat um, in the Magic Millions Guineas. What I like about this horse, and he, he showed it conclusively last night, I wanted to see this, is the versatility. We, we've seen him mm. 1,400 to a mile on speed, running good times, and, you know, just going along on a good enough clip to to keep them off the bit and then, then maintaining that, that, that speed to the line. But then the freshen up, open company, back yeah. to 1,200... And was strong and, and, and running track record figures. I mean, it's a, he, he sends forward a pretty strong case, doesn't he, for two weeks' time? But I definitely think so, yeah. I'll, I'll have, did you take the $34? No, I'm not sure. I did everything wrong yesterday, everything. Yeah. So I'm not smart enough at all. Well, it's a, it's a new year. It's a new day. <laughs> we can all do better. <laughs> hey, thanks for your time this morning. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, David. I hope it's a good one and for all the listeners.
Good on you, mate. Nathan X will be joining us here on Past the Post. Thanks for your company on Past the Post this morning. Hope it was a good day for you. So I hope it's a good day for you today. I hope you can back a few winners. Hopefully that can happen. And I'll join you tomorrow morning for Press Room. But, uh, of course, Past the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Don't forget that website. Have a look at it now, archerparkracing.com.au. Have a good day. Bye-bye.